New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Dr. Mary Mackey. She's the author of many novels and a poet, and her most recent novel is Village of Bones. It's a prequel to the Earth Song series of three books, the first of which is The Year the Horses Came. Mary, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Novels can be an expression of the imagination. And I'm wondering, the Earth Song series is set in prehistoric Neolithic times in old Europe. And I'm just wondering, why is it important to stimulate our imagination? Well, the reason we want to stimulate our imaginations is that everything we do takes place first in our imaginations and our minds. And that if we can't visualize and see things in our minds, we won't do them. And so by educating and broadening and deepening and encouraging and creating a full contact with the imagination, we really in some ways connect with our inner souls, we connect with the deepest part of our being, and we connect with the creativity that comes out in everything we do from baking bread to writing a novel. So it's an important aspect of humankind. I mean, it's, it's an some... essential aspect of humankind, in some ways the most essential because it's the precursor for all action. If you put your hand on a hot skillet, I don't think you imagine taking it off. There are some reflexive things, but I think the cerebral cortex, the part of the human brain that develops plans and does things, needs to imagine them first, needs to visualize them first yes, at some level. Exactly. I want to go into a little bit about the research that you do for your novels. You you do extensive research, yes, and I your do. background is... Um, in literature, and, yes. and you learned how to do research. I did. I have a PhD in comparative literature, French, English, and Spanish, with a minor in Russian 19th century novel. They really teach you how to do research. And um, even before Google, I was pretty decent at research. And I actually like research. It's actually easier than writing. You have to rein yourself in on research. But I do meticulous research, and I try to use it in a way that doesn't throw it in the reader's face, but makes the reader feel like they've just simply been transported to a world. Um, so that you feel that you see things in this world the way you'd see everything in your own world. I know you've written about this. When you go to a novel, mm-hmm. of course, you're making names up and even making up the names of places, although they might correlate with actual mm-hmm. real places. You go back to one of the languages that maybe goes back to pre-written language. Can yes. you say something about well, that? Well, some of my novels take place in different eras, so I collect baby name books, which have startled my husband and other friends over the years because I'm coming home with baby name books all the time, and now I get them online. But for these books, the prehistoric novels of old Europe, of which The Village of Bones is now the first in the series, I needed names that weren't like Frank and Joan and, you know, whatever. I needed names that fit the times. And so for the nomadic invaders who were into 
Indo-European, I used a Russian-like Indo-European name. They're not Russian, but they're made-up names that have a patronymic on them, a father's kind of name on them. But for the people of Old Europe, none of that would do because they weren't Indo-European. So I went back to Basque. And Basque is considered possibly to be a relic language from the Neolithic. Um, whether it is or not, I didn't feel that it would do a lot of associations for people. So I was, I think, the only person ever to check the Basque English Dictionary out of the Cal State Sacramento Library. And I named my characters after various Basque words. And so there are little jokes running through this book, for those of you who speak Basque, where you will find in the characters' names what they actually mean in Basque. So uh, I use Basque names for these characters. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. In your research, when you started to write about this time, you came across a work of Maria Gambudis, an yes. archaeologist, yes. which happened to coincide with the same moment that you were writing about it's these cultures. It's actually even, even more specific than that. I had written a book about the goddess-worshipping cultures of Sumeria called The Last Warrior Queen, and the uh, head of Harper San Francisco sent me a manuscript to review uh, and said, you know, you might want to write a novel about this. I mean, I'd never been invited by a publisher to write a novel. He sent me this manuscript, and it was Maria Gambudis's Civilization of the Goddess. And I looked at it, and I said, this is gold. This is what every writer wants. She has done all the work. It would take me 20, 30 years to do this research, and now I have all the physical detail and all the sociological detail I, I need to write a wonderful novel about Europe 6,000 years ago. So it was uh, a wonderful coincidence of timing and uh, availability. She viewed the artifacts that came out of that time so differently than those of the male archaeologists, of men who were looking at these artifacts. Please say something about that. Yes, and this is still controversial. And once again, as a writer, I get to use my imagination so I don't have to fight the battle. But the battle over was that there are many, many artifacts that come out that are females. And some of them are bird-like females, and some of them are snake-like females, and some of them are just plain female images. I have photographs of these on my website of these, of these images. And they were being dismissed as fertility goddesses. Here were these cultures with vast numbers of female images all being dismissed as rabbit's feet, basically. Can I get pregnant if I carry one around? You know, so she reinterpreted them, and I think quite reasonably, she makes a good case for it, that the goddess was the major religious imagery. And if you just take that one step further, that the earth itself, you don't have to call it a goddess, but the earth itself was seen as female because it brings forth life. And that was her major revelation. And she saw thousands and thousands, maybe I don't tens of thousands for all I know, artifacts in different cultures from Europe of this period that support this theory. I'm sure if they had found thousands and thousands of male artifacts, they wouldn't have said they were fertility gods. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which also brings me back to your writing of novels. And in fact, it's one of the, my favorite reading is historical yes. novels. because it, 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 Is it yours too? Yes, I, because it, it teaches me history in a way that's easier. And I, I prefer accuracy because I'm going to learn history from it. I want it to be real. At the end of your book, you give some of the historical account of, you know, what are freshwater sharks and who are these people and is yeah. there possibly a book that was actually written or things like that. I give you some of my resources. Your resources. So I, I always enjoy that. And I think that there is a way of doing truth-telling in the novel form that almost is easier and more accurate than in regular straight history. 
I think it's easier to remember history that's associated with human beings than it is to remember facts and battles. If you know a battle took place in, you know, 1743, that's one thing. But if you have a character and you read a book who, who, and he participated in this battle and you remember things about him, you're going to remember a lot more about the incident than you would otherwise. I just remember a book that I read many years ago by Vikram Seth uh-huh. called A Suitable Boy. Mm-hmm. And it's a novel kind of written in the Michener style. And it taught me so much about India and when the Raj left India and the partitioning of India and all what happened there. And I, I now it's just really yeah. sunk into me. My favorite is Mary Renault's The Persian Boy, which is about Alexander the Great. And I now can remember all sorts of things about Alexander the Great that make me look like I've read a lot of history, but I've basically read The Persian Boy and everything I've ever checked on it turned out to be true. I can remember him getting all the way to India and the sadhus stamping on the ground in front of him and saying, how do you look for uh, enlightenment uh, except where you're standing? You know, just wonderful little things like that, that um, Mary Renault was a wonderful researcher that she put into her historical novels. Oh, She's one goody. of my ideals. A new book for me to oh, read. Oh, you'd love it. Yeah, it's I, a great I'm, book. I'm looking forward to that. So is there anything that you can say about taking this time that we're living in now and bringing forward what you've learned from all the research and the writing of these novels, which take place in Neolithic times in old Europe, to where we're living now. Yeah, I think the most important thing to think about from these novels is that there's a human society, a human way of existing that existed, that was viable, and that is not like our society in that it was more peaceful, it was less aggressive, it was much more egalitarian, and that it endured for something like 10,000 years. That it wasn't just a flash in the pan. It was not a utopia, but that it had a kind of... um, connection to the earth and a connection between people that we have sacrificed. And I think that it's time that we turned our thoughts, imagination, and hearts back to looking at other possibilities. Mary, I want to thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Mary Mackey. She's the author of many novels and books of poetry, and her most recent is a prequel to the Earth Song series, The Village of Bones. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, marymackey.com. And she spells her last name M-A-C-K-E-Y, marymackey.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, 
and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.